G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. So I just thought I would make another little video here guys, another Walking with Pete episode where I want to show you these huge gum trees in the middle of Melbourne, so in the middle of the city effectively, right across the road but these gum trees have been here for so long in Royal Park, in the park that I'm walking in, that fortunately they haven't been chopped down so the land hasn't been, well it's been cleared a little bit but it hasn't been completely cleared of trees so to be completely cleared would mean that all the trees have been felled they've been chopped down and when a a tree is chopped down you say the word or the verb to fell like fall but it's the past tense of fall it sounds the same as the past tense fell to fell so the present tense of that verb is to fell a tree to fell anyway these trees are huge and crazy to be walking around in sort of open woodland I guess you'll see them behind me here open woodland in Melbourne right near the CBD I can literally see some of the buildings right across here behind me and to have these huge huge trees just sitting around and I guess one thing I wanted to chat to you guys about but I haven't I hadn't got around to it until now and I just realized it because I think one of these trees had a really big hollow in the tree. Let's see if I can see it. So, eh, kind of. This one up here, let's see if I can get in the shot as well, just to be a bit vain. Up here is a hollow. A hollow is where you get a hole in the tree and an animal can crawl in, lay eggs if it's a bird, um, if it's a possum or some kind of other animal like a lizard, I guess a lizard lays eggs as well, but if it's a possum it's going to make a nest in there and it could live in there and have young in there. Hollows are incredibly, incredibly important in the Australian ecosystem and part of the biggest threat or some of the biggest issues for native Australian animals is that they require these hollows to reproduce, to live, especially things like parrots, all these lorikeets that I'm always talking about around this area actually nest in hollows like that and you have possums, the possums you will have seen in these videos like the brush-tail possum, the ring-tail possum, they all live in these hollows and they they rely on them to to reproduce and just to shelter, to hide from predators or just humans in general. And so the biggest problem is that humans destroy these trees obviously, especially what we call old growth trees. So these hollows in these trees, like this tree behind me, this hollow up here has probably taken decades and decades to form. So what you have first, you'll have a tree like this behind me with a branch like this one here where say a thunderstorm, some kind of storm has happened or wind, I'll see if I can get that in the background, has has come through during you know a gusty weather event and it's knocked a branch down, so this branch up here, which looks like it's actually been sawn off, but 
say normally under natural circumstances the wind would come through and push the branch off the tree or break it off the branch would fall on the ground like you see around me these small little branches there's a tram going by by the way you see in the background and it takes a long 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 time for branches like this in the tree to rot to decompose to break down but eventually they break down and they fall out so all this you can see is actually quite old it's probably tens of years old and it's falling out of the tree eventually this will break down disappear fall out of the tree and what will be left is the base of what was once that branch and that base that sort of goes into the tree is what becomes a hollow and this is what these these guys like these little birds these little mammals even um goannas other kinds of lizards use these hollows in order to survive in order to have shelter in order to breed and so they're incredibly incredibly important but a lot of these trees get destroyed and i think that is one of those huge threats for these animals is that they have nowhere to nest nowhere to get shelter because there are just no old growth trees left even though you see in the background here you know there is the odd big tree like this all these other trees that you'll see around them are incredibly small and a gum tree like these ones behind me here let's see if i can work out my orientation like this one here couldn't house anything it's got no hollow it's got nowhere for any of these animals to hide they need these massive massive gum trees that are you know over a meter and a half thick and probably you know 30 40 meters tall and this thing is probably over a hundred years old and they need them to have these kinds of you know branches that have re been ripped out and the hole that goes down into the tree to become a hollow so anyway that's a bit of a long-winded explanation meaning that I'm talking a lot and taking a long time to explain the importance of hollows to native Australian animals but but yeah it's one of those things that you should definitely think about and appreciate when you see these huge trees when and if you come to Australia. So you see these massive gum trees behind me. Realize that these gum trees could potentially be hundreds of years old, especially if they've got a, a um, trunk that's, you know, over a meter thick. So just something to think about, guys. Hope you enjoyed this Walking with Pete episode. Get some nature in you, get your biology lesson and... Uh, I'll chat to you soon. See you later. Alright, so I'm back again. I'm back again. I thought I would do another episode of Walking with Pete and a bit more nature about these trees, these beautiful eucalypt trees, because there's a really good example down here a few hundred meters away of, I guess it gets me talking about bushfires, and bushfires are a big issue in Australia, but they're kind of also required, especially for a lot of plants, for example, banksias. Banksias are a plant and hopefully I, Peter who's editing this video, put a photo in of a banksia tree and the seeds. Hopefully I can show you what they look like and they actually require fire. They require bushfires to come through to burn the land, to burn the trees and that is what opens up the seed pods and allows the seeds to come out. And I think part of the reason that this has evolved without looking it up, doing it off the top of my head and trying to remember from biology 101 at uni is that obviously when when you're down low when all this stuff is here on the ground you know grass small plants 
all kinds of other shoots. This is probably not the best example, but whenever you've got these other kinds of grasses, plants on the ground, when a bushfire comes through, particularly a powerful bushfire that's, that burns very hot and quickly, it destroys all of those plants. And so not only does it remove all of the competition, so all those plants disappear, they get burnt obviously, but everything that's burnt turns into nutrients that goes into the soil. So it's the perfect time for banksias to open up their seed pods and let their seeds down into the, the really um, rich soil that's now covered in ash and dead animals, dead plants, whatever it is, all this nutrient rich stuff for them to grow. So it's a really cool evolutionary adaptation that native Australian plants have and allows them to thrive really, really well with bushfires and in fact they require the bushfires. There's quite a bit of an, an argument and an issue happening in Australia with regards to the fact that we've cleared so much land and the fact that we want to prevent bushfires because a lot of people has have how have houses in areas where it's forested, where it's dangerous, we want to prevent them because we obviously don't want infrastructure, houses destroyed, and more importantly, we don't want lives lost. We don't want people to die during bushfires. But as a result, it makes it harder for nature because there are fewer bushfires in certain areas where the native animals and the native plants might actually require these bushfires to allow them to live. They're adapted to them. They're used to having these bushfires every year, every two years, every five years, every ten years, they're an incredibly important part of these animals or plants life cycles. But also a big problem, just noted that I noticed that I've got seeds poking into my pants from walking through the grass. Another big problem is the fact that when we put fires out and prevent them from burning, I'm trying to look for a good example, a lot of stuff a lot of trees, a lot of sticks, a lot of bark, a lot of grass builds up on the ground and it actually leads to the potential of there being an even worse bushfire in the future. And so people are coming around now and they're starting to realize the importance of bushfires and having potentially more frequent bushfires that are less intense, so having them more often but as a result, having less intense bushfires than trying to prevent all bushfires all the time and allowing all the stuff to build up on the ground and then potentially have that one in 50 year, one in 100 year awful, awful bushfire. So anyway, eucalypts are incredibly well adapted to bushfires and a cool thing that they can do, they have what's called eucalyptus oil in their leaves. And again, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I don't know the specifics, but Eucalyptus oil, not only is it antiseptic, so you can you can actually buy it and use it to clean wounds. And eucalyptus leaves, where the oil is found, are the leaves that the koala eats. So you'll see them in the trees and they actually, it's, it's toxic. I think it's actually a poison. So these guys are adapted to eating poisonous leaves. I'm just trying to get close to show you guys some of these lorikeets. Let's see if I can get one eating in the background. a good, good shot of that. So koalas eat these leaves. These leaves are also incredibly flammable. This is what I was going to get to because of the oil in the leaves. And you might be thinking, how is this a good thing if you live in a country that has bushfires all the time? Why on earth 
would you effectively be wanting to produce leaves that are just going to allow you to go up in flames, literally, to go up in flames so easily. And the reason is, because these leaves are flammable, they burn fast. They burn hot, they burn fast, and the fire's gone through. So by the time the fire's gone through, the tree trunk, or the base of the tree, is not actually that damaged. It might be a little black on the outside, but because the fire went through all the fuel and burnt hard and fast, it's over, it's gone, but the tree survived. The tree actually survived, whereas if it was a less intense slow burn, the tree risks dying. And so that's why they actually have flammable leaves. And so another cool thing that I wanted to show you guys is the fact that when a bushfire goes through, and I'll walk forward so that you can see this tree as I get, as I walk forward, the leaves can get burnt off. The branches can get burnt off, but They've got an adaptation called epicormic shoots that shoot out of all parts of the tree. So the trunk, the branches, and even obviously down here, the base of the tree. And you'll see next to me as well, uh, the sun, bugger. You'll see next to me, there's, there's three trees here that look like bushes. They're huge, huge trees, but they look like bushes because they the people came through and obviously decided for one reason or another, the people from the, the city here, to chop off all the excess branches. And you'll see that they've almost gone fluffy. That's how much all of these branches have just pumped out what are called epicormic shoots. These tiny, tiny, tiny little, uh, little, little shoots full of leaves. They've all come out. And so this one right next to me, you'll see it's just a thick, thick, thick bush. Look at it. See, and you can see it all coming out of the branch here. All of these shoots are coming out of the branch. And so, even though all of the entirety of this trunk, when the top of the tree was chopped off by the, the city council here, had no leaves, as a result, it effectively thought it had gone through a bushfire. No leaves. Oh, crap. What do we do? We push out all of the epicormic shoots and produce a crap ton, a heap, a shitload of leaves. And so, that's why... These trees behind me are just absolutely covered, covered in these leaves. And another thing that I wanted to show you was that when the eucalypt is young, or when the shoots are young, the leaves look like this. They're incredibly, they're incredibly thick, and they're really, really round. But then, as the tree either gets older or as the shoots get older, they start to take on this more stereotypical shape more like an arrowhead and they tend to always point to one side like this so you'll see this is pretty much how you know that it's a eucalypt it's got leaves that are shaped like this and they often curl to one side anyway the sun's actually getting quite nice at the moment it's going down i think i'm gonna walk home though it's time to get some food i'm freaking starving i'm starving but yeah, anyway, I hope you guys enjoy these episodes. It just comes to my mind and I think this is another one of those cool things that I can explain to you guys and tell you a little bit about nature in Australia and, you know, actually use the degrees that I got at university. So here's another example. These shoots down low have got incredibly fat round leaves, whereas the leaves further up the tree, right at the top, are going to be shaped like this, much more sharp. And oh, I've got to get a shot of this behind me.
the sun's setting and I'll give you a good shot of the trees just to say bye. Enjoy guys. I bet you can hear those lorikeets as well, those freaking lorikeets. Heaps of them, heaps of them. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English Podcast, guys. If you haven't already, please come and join the community on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the Aussie English Podcast, where I make daily posts about anything and everything related to Australia. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, then please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whichever platform you're listening to it through, as it'll help the podcast grow. Thanks again, guys, and enjoy your day. Oh.